0: So good to be here. Here we are.
1: It's great to be with you. Gonna dig a little deeper. Here we go. Always digging a little deeper. Always. And, we, uh... we must have a good shovel supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they don't have to be good di- di- shovels
0: because we're only digging a little deeper A little just deeper yeah, <laughs> Scratching deep. below we the surface We are not claiming to be deep <laughs> We do not I have <laughs> any excavators yeah. If you have not picked up the irony by now like <laughs> you're missing something We but, put uh, a little deeper in there for a reason that's <laughs> We're <it>. limited That's <laughs> it Hopefully we're, we're just not confusing you too much but giving you food for thought yeah. and things to chew over and maybe some fresh language here and there that's helpful. That's what we're trying to do. And uh, and we're on a journey. We're um, making we're all it up on as a journey. we go. Yeah. Well, just like everyone else, we're <laughs> making right. it up as we go along. Uh, but we do realize the gravity of some of the things we're talking about. And when we're talking about theology and God, I mean, we, we I don't think we're being flippant about oh, that. Oh, no,
1: I would add to that. I think, you know. Uh making it up as we go along you definitely put a lot of research into this stuff before we talk about
0: it well it has been a journey for me it's it's probably been a 10 year journey before it was probably 8 years before I even began to talk about it outside of my own head, yeah. In yeah. a sense of just questioning things, etc. And what we want to do today is return to a concept that we surfaced a number of episodes ago. Which yeah our secretary the secretary's been <laughs> on to us. <laughs> we got an email from the secretary. This is a future podcast <laughs> yeah, that we mentioned yeah. that the we're list, doing now. The list of fifty things. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the problem is, every episode we have about another five added to the list, which isn't we're a problem. We're getting there. We're getting there. Isn't a problem. We've got plenty of content. But we want to return. To one of those early thoughts that we raised when we were talking about, you know, and we've done a podcast on what the hell is heaven, and trying to bring some better language, better thought, or bro- broader thought around our understanding of those sort of eternal spiritual realities. Well, of course, the the flip side of that coin. Yeah. What
1: What the heaven is hell? <laughs> what the hell is hell? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, or what the hell is hell? And. Um, And no apologies. I've just got to say up front, in defense of hell, we're not going to make any apologies. We are going to go there, uh, even though it's a topic that people feel uncomfortable about. And uh, and certainly our our world, I think, has dealt with some of the images that have been thrown at them by the church, has dealt with it by mocking and, um, you know, putting it aside in the in the category of simple-minded people believe this stuff. Yeah. Uh, It's
1: definitely a conversation killer at a party, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Hey, who wants to talk about hell? Let's do that.
0: Who's got the chips? It's right Um, up
1: there with we all die one day. Yeah, yeah. Let's
0: grab a bag of chips and sit and discuss this. But um, uh, I think it's important that we go there. And I think it's important that we do look at that image. I think it's important that we let Scripture speak. To this um, because I think that concept, the concept of hell, of this punishment forever in the afterlife, it sort of does seem disconnected and surreal in one sense. Certainly in popular imagination, it's not an encouraging image. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's difficult to go there.
1: I, I, I think it's one of those things where, like you said, it's it, there's a group of people that are trying to fit it in with what they believe in a sense like I don't I'm trying to make sense of hell Mm -hmm. and then and to some people maybe it's like we just don't think about it Mm -hmm. and then on the other extreme you've got people who seem to love hell (laughs) they seem to be all about it big hell
0: fans it's like oh yeah like some people are not gonna like this podcast (laughs) you know that we're not gonna go hard (laughs) enough for them and for others we probably will feel still a little bit hard but we just want to we just want to try and honour scripture and bring yeah. some scripture inside into this.
1: The question is how does it how does it fit in? Um, so I think that's why it's important that we talk about it because yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there, and uh, myself included, I suppose, through the last little while. Like, how do how does this fit in with what I believe about God? Yeah.
0: How does this fit with a loving God? Yeah, yeah. That's that's. A good how would a loving God burn people? Yeah. You know, it was really probably the bottom line, and uh, obviously, when I even say that. That's coming from popular images like uh, people falling into a fiery pit for all eternity, yeah. uh, while being tormented by some bloke in a red suit with a pitchfork yeah, and, yeah. and, and red lycra. <laughs> honestly, we've got these images that you could only describe as mashups. Yeah, and then but what are they mashups of? They're mashups of ancient art, um, particularly uh, you know beginning around the Renaissance period, because doctrines started coming into the church at that time that probably supported this uh, fear manipulating people uh, we want to give people something they really want to avoid so that they they toe the line and um, you know one example if, if anyone wants to do any research one that I looked at was uh, Jan Van Eek's uh, 1440 depiction of the supernatural realm and it's it's known as the crucifixion and the last judgment depict and it's basically an image of you know Jesus on the cross and the thieves on the cross and the people around it and then like a subterranean view of these skeletal forms you know like bats almost hanging off the top of a cave but like gr- grasping and tormenting people underneath mm. and um it's like, wow, that's uh, that certainly gets your attention. It's full on, yeah. But um, it's sort of taking some Bible imagery a lot further than maybe where the Bible even takes it. So that's what we need to look at. I mean, the, I think that's the thing is, is people's imagination when we talk about hell, both in the church and outside of the church, it, it is in danger of being fueled their imagination is fueled the pictures we see when we talk about this is fueled by ancient art and pop culture more than scripture. Yeah. You know? So if you really want to know what God thinks we've really got to go back to scripture and have a look. So we're going Great. to
1: Great. So I guess New Testament would be the place to start. <laughs> That, I, think, hey, yeah.
0: I, I think it's the cl- clearest because uh, the this whole thought of a place of eternal torment is not that well developed in the Old Testament anyway. It really wasn't a strong Jewish thing. Jesus comments on it more than the old testament, yeah, and um and so let's have a look, so, and I guess the place to where we, well, what we've found recently, I think looking
1: into a lot of stuff is looking at the actual word, yeah, um, because I guess. Part of the issue sometimes with reading a translation is, you know, maybe there's multiple words that get
0: translated as and, one. And look, that is the issue with hell. I mean, some of the ancient languages uh, are so rich. So in Hebrew where one word could have six different meanings and and depending on context and usage is tells you or points, hints at, you could maybe say, to a translator, just hints at what the appropriate use is. But that person still has to make an interpretive decision as to which way they're going to use it. That's this rich Hebrew language. Yeah. Um, English is the opposite. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like we've got a new word for, for sort of for, for everything in one sense, but unfortunately not so much with hell.
1: Yeah, well, interestingly. We've got different I, yeah.
0: ancient words that have different meanings all translated the same same way in many of our English translations, not all of them, but in many of them.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say it's, it's almost the opposite here where we've got three Greek words that have all been translated as hell, <laughs> as as hell. Most, yeah. in most translations. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so first word's Tartarus, and uh, it basically means deep abyss, Tartarus, the deep abyss. And of course, it's a term borrowed from Greek mythology. Yeah. Uh, Sounds the- like
1: a good source for fish. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay. Greek mythology. In the Greek Deep story, abyss. okay, yeah. so
0: in the Greek story, um, the Titans, which were like monsters, were locked up in Tartarus by the gods themselves. To causing trouble. So this is where you chained the bad monsters Okay, okay, yeah. in Greek mythology. And interestingly, um, the Apostle Peter borrows this term and he uses it in its original context to explain God's punishment of evil angels. That is its primary application. And then he attaches a warning that people who choose to do evil will probably join them. Okay. So that's the word Tartarus. That that
1: seems like it's kind of going towards the that Renaissance art kind of the picture we'd be most familiar the with. The traditional
0: image, like the traditional image of hell. This is as close as it gets. Yeah, is Tartarus. Okay, so you've got um, you've got this sense of evil being punished, being chained up in another place. It's interesting, but uh, you could bring the thought in other writers that that add to this thought of. Um, evil forces being held back, otherwise the world would not have survived. Mm. So we've all got to agree that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And Peter, of course, he's attaching it first of all to evil angels, so Mm. major spiritual demonic forces that are being withheld. But then he gives this little caveat of, and if you choose to do evil, you may join them. Mm. And so the funny thing is, like, This is as close to that traditional image of hell as the Bible gets and probably most thinking people inside faith and outside faith actually shouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, no one wants a serial killer left on the loose. Mm. No one wants a rapist running free through the streets. We want those people found, prosecuted to the max and sent away forever, in, in in a sense. We want them removed, and that is the thought contained here. That was the thought from Greek mythology, that's the thought from Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, in one sense, you know, that is a very accurate look at what we probably normally perceive hell to be. What's interesting to note is that this term's only used once in all of Scripture. Wow. Once. This thought on hell comes up once. That's
1: that's some perspective, isn't it?
0: <laughs> that's some perspective, yeah. you know. In, in but obviously, sen-
1: in the English, like in yeah. English, we see the word hell a lot
0: more yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. But however, this Greek word. Yeah. Once. And and you see it broadened out the concept in places in in like revelation with lake of fire etc. So the thought is broadened out and, you know, but actually just direct usage to human beings and punishment. There it is. Yeah. Um Next word. Next word. Hades. Which is a really simple word. It means place of the departed or realm of the dead. That kind of thing. Um, this word appears nine times in the New Testament, so it's a, a fairly common word. Yeah. Um, its simple meaning in English is the grave.
1: Right, so it's not got the picture of, mm. or the meaning is not, here's this place where people are going yeah. for
0: torment or yeah. punishment. It's funny because we say as hot as hates. Or as hot as hell, because it was, in English, it's been translated hell. Yeah. So an old, old saying was, well, we'd say it's as hot as hell today, now. But once upon a time, it was like as hot as hates or as hot as blazes. There was that thought of fire attached mm-hmm. to it. Whereas actually, it's really a transliteration. It's the Hebrew concept of sheol in the Old Testament, which was simply the place of the departed. Now, later Hebrew thought had the the concept, and you see it in some of Jesus' teaching, like, for example, with uh, Lazarus and the rich man, where, you know, Lazarus, the poor guy covered in sores, da-da-da, he's like on one side and then there's a gulf. Oh, yeah. They're both in Sheol. They're both in in the grave. But there's a separation between the righteously departed The poor guy who, you know, didn't do anything wrong but just had a really difficult life and the rich guy who did nothing to alleviate his poverty. Um, And and it's interesting, Jesus often attaches massive judgment to lack of generosity. Mm. You have it there. You have it in Matthew 25. What you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me, depart from me. Um, And so Jesus' strongest judgment tends to be reserved for human beings that don't help other human beings. Again, something that the average, normal, straight-thinking person would never argue with. Mm, yeah. Um, but that's it. We're just talking the grave. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nine times. You're dead. Yeah. And you go to be wherever the dead go to be.
1: And so, But the I guess the thought here being that there's not all that baggage attached to just the word itself. No, no, and
0: yet it it has been translated as hell. Yeah, okay, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, you can already start to see if you are reading the first one, Tartarus, (laughs) or you're reading, sorry, Hades as Tartarus, it's a very, very different picture than talking about they got buried. Exactly. They're in the place of the departed. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And then we sort of land on probably the word that Jesus used the most often, the most common word, it also has carries images of what we might traditionally think of as hell. Mm. Um, But it's important to sort of look at it in the context Jesus used it. And so this last word we've got for hell is Gehenna. Um, And Gehenna was a real place. It actually was the Valley of Hinnon outside Jerusalem, and it referred to the rubbish pit that was placed in the valley. And that valley had a lot of history, so there'd been child sacrifice practiced there, um, you know, children sacrificed to Molech, there'd been um, uh, pagan altars, temples, all kinds of things there during Israel's idolatrous years. That were then purged and they basically turned it into the city rubbish dump. I think it might have been under Josiah. I'm just ripping that off the top of my head so that would need to be verified. But, But under certain reforms and revivals, they turned it into a rubbish pit to make a statement. It was like, if you are idolatrous...
1: Yeah, we don't ever want to go back there kind of thing.
0: And and that was an ancient people's practice. Like the Assyrians literally, if they didn't like you, if you were subversive under their governmental rule, uh, particularly if you were a foreigner, like they swallowed up most of the then known world at one point, they would turn your house into a public toilet. That's how they let everyone know don't buck the system because that house, your house, is now the public toilet. Yeah, okay. and so it had that thought, that ancient people thought of we are going to trash this place and make it unusable forever as a statement to what we don't want happening. Mm. And so the Valley of Hinnon became the the refuse pile, the rubbish dump for the city of Jerusalem. Um, and what got thrown in there, of course, if you think about the ancient world, there was – not only the the normal rubbish, whatever that was, probably really normal rubbish, what we'd consider normal, maybe fruit scraps or, yeah. you know, whatever, vegetable scraps, and it when probably it, just w- walked under feet in the streets. They,
1: d- they didn't have three different coloured wheelie bins no, back No, <laughs> t- I don't think they separated their rubbish, yeah,
0: yeah. but the big stuff. So you're talking animal carcasses and, you know, the bodies of the poor or criminals, like people who didn't have family to claim them or people who didn't want to claim them for the shame of it. So you've got huge... Human bodies thrown in there, you've got animal carcasses, all of that and, uh, and then they kept the thing burning because they had to. It, mm. was a, it was a sanitation issue. So you couldn't have like this city of several thousand people because, I mean, that's realistically how big cities were at this point. You've got several thousand people living in close confines with their, all the refuge of the city um, just in the, in the pit beside it, in the valley beside it. So the stench and, the, and to keep the carrion animals away, all of that, they had to burn it and they, they heaped sulfur on it. Okay, they yeah. threw sulfur in there to keep the fires because it just burns, burns hot and it burns and absorbs the odors. And so basically they kept this you know perpetual fire, if we could call it that way. So the imagery around this, and what we traditionally see as hell is very closely connected. Mm. So you've got this perpetual fire burning. There's corpses in there. There was probably dogs in there. And even the way in, when you look at how Jesus uses this word, he says, you know, where the worm is it doesn't stop eating you, and the fire is not quenched, and there'll be snarling and gnashing of teeth, which mm. often we've thought, well, that's probably people, but it was more likely dogs that were scavenging. Oh yeah, yeah. And the fact is, the people would have seen this; they yeah. would have seen the horrors of this. Like
1: this, this is not something they have to imagine; they've been there. They've been there. Yeah.
0: They've been there. Like they you know, you, you, we see we're seeing images come out of the war in the Ukraine and it's like the horror of seeing bodies in the street or whatever well in the ancient world that was everyday life place, you yeah. know and 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 a terrible thing and then they've got this this garbage pit where it all ends up and just burns and the fires are stirred and the city would have had people that actually tended that and threw more sulfur on and just kept the thing going so that it was it was purified and i mean wow what an awful scene and Jesus uses this word, and it gets translated in some places, either as hell or hellfire. Mm. But if we just translated it at Gehenna, we'd go, and maybe the original audience, and this is, I guess, what I'm sort of hinting at. I'm not the first to do it either, and I might not be the first to get stoned for doing it. <laughs> but maybe if we actually wanted to take Jesus literally for once, he was actually talking about a real place that people saw regularly, mm. were probably horrified by, and then warned people about living a particular lifestyle that would turn their life into that. Yeah. Which, you know, probably is going to be another series of episodes that maybe we'll just get straight on. I don't know. And we'll look at, you know, what turns your life into a rubbish pit. Mm. What did Jesus say would burn you? Yeah. And we're not talking God and eternal separation and not talking that now. We're talking very literal Jesus saying, what would turn your life into a rubbish pit? Mm. Yeah.
1: And I guess that's where we, I mean, had that conversation about, I guess sin is going to enter that a little bit, stuff that yeah. turns your life into a rubbish
0: that's pit. That's it. Yeah, we've at it
1: already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're always talking about your coworkers behind their, back, it's going to turn your life into hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, just messy lives and messy lifestyles. Um, so that is a far more relevant hell to be talking about mm. in so, that sense.
1: So I guess we've talked about those three three words. Mm-hmm. So where, I guess where are all the images of an angry God throwing people into the fires to punish them forever?
0: Yeah, well, look, like Revelation is a book that, has to be treated very, very carefully because of its literary style. And there's definitely those images of people, punishment, lake of fire, eternal death, all of those things. Um, and uh, But actually, if you're, if you're really looking for it in the Gospels, in Jesus' teaching, in, in the writing of the apostles, it's not as easy to find in Scripture as we might make out. You know, it is there, but Mm. it is far more obscure, far more open to interpretation, and um, and in one sense, it's we've got to be careful we don't go above our pay grade in assigning things to it that maybe just aren't that clear in Scripture. Mm. It's easy to find in Hollywood. It's easy to find those images of a God that it's easy to find in pop culture. Mm. It's not as easy to find in Scripture. And I think what we've done is historically in the West, if I could put it that way, the the Western world, we as we understand it, you know, we've we've basically taken all these images from three different words and we've thrown them together to form like this three D mash up of mm. the most terrifying and inaccurate kind. Yeah. It's it's like it's you know, hang on a sec. You're pulling stuff from everywhere to build an image that I'm not sure some of the original users of those words were intending to, to build. We've
1: got done the old, the hell smoothie. Yeah, the hell smoothie but when rather it was than the salvation smoothie. Three separate things
0: we've made them into, you know, one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Salvation smoothie I liked. The hell smoothie not don't, so much. I don't want
1: to drink of that one.
0: Um, but, but the fact is judgment remains. And is there such a thing as separation from the life of God? Yes. The Bible is clear. Hell is a literal place. Mm. Um, And as I said before, there are probably circumstances that we could view in our world and behaviours we could view in our world where Mm. most normal thinking, rational people are glad that there's Mm. a dungeon. They're glad that there's a separation. If there's such a thing as an eternity, do I want to spend it? with a serial rapist and murderer or something, you know, that, uh, with with a sociopath or a psychopath? Do I I want to spend, if if there is such a thing as an eternity, and we believe there is, do I want to spend it with that? Mm. Um, And, of course, that's an extreme, mm. but, of course, do we want to really spend it with anything that's destructive and horrible?
1: Yeah. So I guess it's clear that there's a separation, but just who will be there and what it will look like is where we be. There we go. That's where
0: the, There yeah. we go. That's where the problem comes in, you know. Exactly what it looks like, we've put images to it and ascribed stuff to it and we've built imaginations around it that might not have been the original intent, um, who will experience it, who's in, who's out, mm. who deserves punishment, who doesn't, you know, all of that stuff it just might be above the average mortal's pay grade. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Um where to preach the gospel? Jesus is the answer. Salvation is found in him. He wants to put you back together, not just a moment, not just a not just a, an experience in church, but he wants an ongoing presence in your life that transforms you from the inside mm. out where the kinds of things that turn your life into a burning, stinking, festering Soup mm. aren't any longer present. Yeah, and we would all cheer that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we try and you know imagine who's in, who's out, who's got, who needs to be judged, should be judged, who's deserving of hell or punishment, and uh, or even who's deserving of heaven, we you know we risk becoming. Judges like James, James chapter two, he says, you know, and this is about poor people in the church as opposed to rich people and favoritism. But he says, you sh- you've shown or you risk showing partiality and you become judges with evil thoughts. Really, again, it's above your pay grade. Mm,
1: wow. you, you're
0: called to serve and to love and to proclaim. As Christians, you know, Jesus has made a difference in my life. He is putting my life back together and you are welcome at the feast. You're welcome at the party too. Um, but then judging and, you know, that that is something we need to be very careful of. I mean, we need to judge behaviours
1: and
0: yeah. d- judge ideologies. All of that's fine. But judging people on where they end up eternally, yeah. Um, that's beyond our pay grade. It's
1: beyond our pay grade. And, and I guess that is just just a side note, but a, a big question a lot of people might have if they know someone that they love that's passed away and yeah. where where are they is a big question. Oh, yeah, which, yeah. again, it's like not for us to answer, but what we can hold on to is that God's good. Uh, and God is good. Whenever we experience whatever that is, we'll be able to say, yeah, God's, yeah. He's, um,
0: um, he's fair, you know, in the way that he judges. God, well, you know, fair is a scary thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, God's beyond fair. God's just. Mm. You know, like fair is sort of a very human term in one sense, but I don't know what we're trying to say, but, you know, justice is a different thing. But justice has been satisfied at the cross. And, of course, there's a call to faith, you know, and, and this is these are the tensions that we live like. When do you cross the line? Yeah. Because I've met some people who've said sinners' prayers, have even spoken in tongues, have, you know, been at the front row of the church with their hands in worship, blah, 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 who've treated people appallingly. Hmm. And then I've met other people that maybe don't fit the classic image of uh, a church person that I've thought, man, they are not far from the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I think Jesus had an encounter like that too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <for> yeah. <laughs> so I guess to wrap it up, so what have, what I
1: guess, did we talk about the big problem with a false image of hell?
0: Yeah, look, the big, the biggest problem with a false image or of an, hell. Or an incomplete. An incomplete or a very narrow, very pop culture-driven image of hell is when we resign hell only to some sort of distant, uncertain future. Mm. Oh, I want to avoid that. and No, 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 you could be stepping in it right now. If yeah. you think it's just something that's... In the future to be decided, or that it's been decided, like previous episode, I've got my ticket to heaven, which means I've got my ticket out of hell, you know, kind yeah. of that kind of really very narrow and probably childish sort of view. Um, if you resign it to just this uncertain future, we actually run the risk of not heeding Jesus' warnings about the destruction that poor lifestyle choices bring to our daily experience. And the pain that they bring to others, yeah. So you know, when Jesus and, and we again, this these are other podcasts. We might get onto them. We might do them start next week. But um, you know, you you actually risk bringing destruction in. You risk turning your life into Gehenna. Yeah. You risk hellfire. You do. You risk Gehenna. Yeah. You risk your life burning and stinking and causing problems for others, causing hygiene issues for others spiritually. You risk that now. That's not some future You're so worried about about (laughs)
1: eternity in hell when you're living in it right now. You've turned your life into hell.
0: We have all met people that are there. And Mm. some people have been, their lives have been turned into hell by the actions of others. Mm. It was nothing that they did. They are. Genuine victims, which is getting very hard to see in our society. While well, everyone seems to be claiming victimhood status, but but the real victims—that's the problem. With everyone's a victim, all of a sudden, no one is. There's people who genuinely are and have genuinely been hurt, and they've been the recipient of hellish living mm. by other people, and um, and we risk missing that present reality. Mm. If we're only ever focused on some sort of heaven and hell, all in the future kind of thinking, which I don't think was what Jesus was teaching. His most common teaching was this issue of the way that you live Mm. will determine the results of your life. And um, I think it's far more helpful to focus on dealing with the hell that we face every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess do that and you'll be on a good trajectory to avoid something potentially worse <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that is the thing. Is, it, is, is, is hell in the future? It would seem to be. Is, is hell present now? It would seem to be. Mm. Is heaven in the future? Yes. Is heaven present now? Well, that is our mandate. Mm. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that's every Christian's focus is to bring heaven here now. So yes and yes, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, some things to ponder
0: as things we finish. Well, I guess I, I think, you know, if you think of those three different descriptions of hell, and this is a bit of a loaded question probably, but um, which one do you believe poses the greatest threat for your life right now? is it the future enchained in, in darkness with evil angels kind of one is it just the grave you know that that death is is somewhere in the future that's the one thing we all have in common um, or is it actually that i could be making choices today that are bringing destruction into my life and possibly and sadly even destruction into the lives of others mm. and that's what jesus called gehenna yeah um, and I guess maybe it, it would help us to, to, to think, help us to be thoughtful about, you know, could we clearly identify any turning points in our life, maybe where we made choices that either lifted our life or pulled our life apart? And, and that's where you see heaven and hell manifest in the now. Mm-hmm. You know, we made good quality choice and we're reaping the benefits of that and it's like I'm literally manifesting the kingdom yeah, through living a God-honouring life, living a life that is fully human um, as opposed to, gee, I made some choices there and it just brought hell to me.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, hey, I think that's so good. I think sometimes the, the conversation can revolve so heavily around what behaviour will send you to hell in the future <laughs> rather than what behaviour is and what choices are creating hell for you right now mm. um, or very soon, within this lifetime kind of hell. Yeah. 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 Well, very good. What the, what the heaven is hell? <laughs> Hopefully a few things to make, I don't know, give a bit of a clearer picture around that.
0: I hope it's helpful. I hope it's rounded some things out.
1: I think that's some great perspective though, hey. Even just looking at them, how much we're actually talking about which image and where the images come from, Mm, mm. I think that's extremely helpful. Um, And hopefully all of you will find it helpful as well.
0: It's been great to be with you.
1: It's amazing. All right, we'll see you in the next episode.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Michelle here. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, why don't you leave us a five-star review and join us next week when we discuss Lust and Blowflies, I can't wait to see that one unpacked. In the meantime, check out the New Hope podcast for more preaching from Chris and Levi, or maybe go bake some brownies to pass the time. Thanks again for joining us. Bye.
1: That's
0: great. Can you work with that? Yeah, Is that good enough? I
1: thought that was All right. good.